Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy that Catherine Waterston is is uh still in the series. Uh, she played like the short haired uh, mm-hmm. detective. Yeah, but it looks like she might be. She might be turning to the dark side. That's fine. Who doesn't look a bad girl? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm cool. The 2OC. The show that covers the things we love from two parts of the world. Orange County, California and Orange County, Florida. Welcome to episode 45. This episode of the 2 we talk about Obi-Wan meets an old friend, fantastic creatures of some sort, and ready player Duong. I'm Al Flores. I'm Anton Duong. Anton. Hey, that rhymes. Ah, <laughs> well, we, we rhyme Duong with Duong, so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How's your week been? Uh, great. I kind of got like a little sinus infection, but I mean, I'm... We I'm traded places. Now. I know, right? But but did you have a sinus infection or you just got sick? Uh, probably a minor one, and it th- mm. just developed into post nasal trip. Yeah, dude, it's ridiculous over here when it's pollen season here. Pollen, pollen. Sorry. <laughs> when it's pollen season here, Pol- Poland's like, what did we do to you? Yeah, we're just sorry. we're just over here by Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's pollen season here. It's ridiculous here in Florida because, you know, Florida's covered with green trees everywhere. They're nature. Yeah, so pretty much, like, I, I mean, for me, I see all of these people sneezing around me. Yeah. And I'm not sneezing. And I'm like, I think I know why. And it's because usually for me, because I'm so... I'm so sensitive to the pollen yeah, that you, you have a, a you're, you're allergic to dust, right? That's what you told me last time you were. Yeah, so because I'm so sensitive to it, I I don't sneeze. It just goes ridiculously horrible in the back of my uh, throat. It just dries out everything, and then starts um you know building up all this nasty stuff, and I have to. I use a, a type of steroid to spray into my nose. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's the only thing that, that could help me. And I have to spray it every two hours. And uh, uh, it's kind of weird. It, it leaves like a, a bitter taste when I eat something. And then... Uh, it, it messes with your, with your uh, taste buds? Yeah, it messes with my taste buds. And sometimes when I spray it, it, it it has like a sweet note to it and then boom it's bitter again and it's just a really unpleasant uh, uh feeling every time i i use that spray but uh i mean i've gotten a lot better uh i'm not blowing my nose all the time so like uh, thank how, god like how many times a year do you have to use it just... I, I i probably once or twice a year but usually around this time when when all the pollen just goes everywhere in the whole entire city it, mm-hmm. it just gets insane yeah no the craziest <clears throat> the craziest i've had to deal with is uh when i was in san antonio mm-hmm. uh pretty much, i was parked in 
and at the office for probably four hours. And when I went outside to go on lunch, my car was just like speckled with pollen. Like it, I I think if I left it there for the full eight hours, mm-hmm. it would have turned into a yellow car. Yeah, dude, my car, my you, you remember my Acura? It's yeah. black. Yeah, and my whole car was covered in yellow. I I remember uh, getting to work because I parked the the car there because uh, I usually um hitch a ride or or share a ride with uh my fiance mm-hmm. so i would leave the car there and when i get to work it's not black anymore it's all yellow yeah i just sent you two pictures from my from my instagram i texted mm-hmm. them to you just yeah. so you can see what it looked like yep that that was basically my car <laughs> dude yeah because of that when i was in san antonio like the whole week i was there i just had a, such a freaking migraine yeah yeah but anyways so yeah. besides the whole sinus issue yeah do you want to two tickets uh, no i actually i bought two tickets this week Four. so uh, i get i guess you know that's kind of fun but not until the date uh the, <laughs> the first thing would be uh i bought tickets for ready player one as soon as it went on sale because i want to get good seats and i want to get a good movie experience uh second thing that i bought tickets for i don't know if i'm going to go watch it I bought it as more of like a, I don't know. I kind of want to go see it, but I, I'm kind of doubting myself now. So I, that's why I'm. <laughs> Is it a movie or? Want, no, it's a concert, yeah, okay. and I'm, I'm kind of wanting to resell it just to make some money back. You uh, don't, and, you don't want to see a little pump? That's cool. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Jay Z and Beyonce are doing On the Run, uh, two. Uh-huh. This is their second uh world stadium tour. Yeah. So they're renting out all of the big stadiums in the States and uh I, I found these tickets that are on the ground floor, so I, I purchased those and I'm not really sure um if I'm gonna go because Julie's like, I can't believe you spent that much money on tickets when you could have spent the same amount of money on uh, K-pop concerts. Oh my god! <laughs> I, was, I thought she was something more more valuable. <laughs> you could have spent yeah. this on our wedding. No, you could have spent this on K-pop. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Okay. So because 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 the cool thing about K-pop is, I mean, you could spend like two hundred bucks and you get to meet the the um the artists and everything too. So. But there are dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. No. So. You kind of you you might have beat the rush because you bought them before South by Southwest, and based on what you were showing me from South by Southwest, ready the Ready Player One private screening was kind of a hit. Yeah, it, it's it's a big hit, and surprisingly, people who understand video games understand the whole pop culture how they clash. Uh, really enjoyed this movie, and from reading some of the reviews of people, uh saying bad things about the movie uh they're just i don't know they're you know how like we usually talk about the book in our uh group text that we have yeah uh there's always something or someone that would say such a horrible book should never read it oh (laughs) oh, i'll I'll say his name right now and he'll be proud that i say it's carl yeah it's carl carl's always the negative nelly yeah so (laughs) There's always some someone like him saying something like that. They're called haters. 
Yeah. <laughs> they 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 just can't accept that it's a good story. I mean, yes, it's not a good read, but that's the same thing with uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. It's not a good read, but it's entertaining to a lot of people. You well, know? well, it's a uh, it's kind of like an inside inside joke that you have with your friends. So mm-hmm. as you're as you're reading the book and you're getting the references, it's it's like a thing like, oh, I get it. I'm connecting with the book. I'm, I'm getting yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. It's not it's not like a uh, a new you know classic book that's gonna be read in. Well, hopefully it'll be read in high schools in a couple in a couple years. Yeah. Um, but it's an, it's an interesting book, and it, you're right. It does touch on a lot of pop culture uh, references, video mm-hmm. games, movies, TV shows, music, and, and, and it's then, stuff that you can geek about or yeah. hear about someone recommending something that they geeked about. Like well, for example, Spider Man. Which is Spider Man in Jap- Japanese? Yeah, uh, Japan. Yeah, it's in the book. Uh, reference in the book, and you're like, "What is that?" And then when you Google it, you're like, "Oh, okay." There's a whole different world that we didn't even know about. <laughs> you know? Well, like that just shows you how much uh, uh, the 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 author dug into pop culture. Yeah, uh, and it's crazy how how early like the Japanese took in the Spider Man culture because I think this was set in the 70s when they uh, ported a marvel series for a tv show hmm. um yeah the thing is spider-man the thing is i'm i'm so happy that they chose south by southwest to premiere it mm-hmm. because just the way south by southwest is laid out you have because you can buy t- i don't know if they still do it this way but when i looked at it last time you can buy tickets you can buy a tech pass you can buy a movie pass you can buy uh, a con or the music section and it's split up into different categories, different colors. Yeah, it's, it's a great event because it's a clash of like you know different types of medias right. uh, coming together to you know uh, do one big event. And it's great because it's in Austin, which is in the middle of everything. I mean, it's in in the middle of the states, so yeah. everybody's coming from all over into right. one area. Yeah, so I mean, you can you can kind of it's it's almost like a, a geek buffet. You can like. Oh, I'll t- I'll buy p- tickets to the music one. I'll buy tickets to the the tech one, but I'll yeah. I won't go with the movie movie ticket or whatever. Or you yeah. can buy the whole thing. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of I mean, cool yeah. when you're there. You're like, oh my god, these guys are playing here. Oh, I'm gonna go check this out. And you know, I I think it's a, a it's a South by Southwest is such a great uh, place to go to because. I mean, there's always new music that you've never even heard of before. And there's always like these these emerging artists that, you know, know that they're going to be big one day. So they go here and they they show off their craft and this is where they blow up. And what better way to show uh, a great pop culture movie that influences everything? Yeah. You know, Ready Player One. Well, I'm, uh, and I think one of the reasons I would never, I was not really interested in going to the music part of South by Southwest, uh-huh. is because at the time that I think when you and I were talking about going, uh, it, it banjo was very in embedded in like new music that was coming out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I I hated banjo music. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So speaking of geek, and I totally forgot. I I I forgot to mention this. Did you see that they released the concept art for the the Lucas Museum that they're going to be building in, in uh, Los Angeles? Yeah, dude, I'm pretty excited for that. But did you it, see the pictures? Looks, I saw some of the pictures uh, that they started uh, a um, couple months ago, but I haven't seen the recent ones. But uh, I can it's it's probably ve- say it's amazing. Well, I just texted them to you. 
It's okay. very. It looks like a freaking spaceship. It, it's very Star Wars ish, but like the 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 prequels. Mm-hmm. And even like the interior, you'll see it's almost like you're inside of a ship. Interesting. I, I'm I'm really curious to why it's shaped that way. I mean, it's not very Star Warsy. It's. It, I'm guessing it's more than just uh, more than Star Wars. There's probably other things too, right? Yeah, no, it's it's his entire career, so okay. all all things George Lucas will be in that museum. But I think primary is primarily it's going to be Star Wars. Yeah, and I'm guessing uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so this is gonna be they're gonna be building it in downtown Los Angeles by uh, Exposition Park, right next yeah. to uh, USC. Mm-hmm. Dude, one point five billion to build it, dude. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it looks pretty high tech. <laughs> uh, to be fair, it kind of looks like a uh, like a Vans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the can- you have the canvas on top and the white the white uh sole on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I just that that just popped in my head right now. After, I yeah. totally forgot about it. So since we're already on the topic of you know George Lucas and uh, you know George Lucas has been working with Steven Spielberg for such a long time and we've been talking about. Ready Player One. But let's take a look back at some of the great movies that Steven Spielberg has done. Because I was watching something recently where they were talking about um, uh, Steven Spielberg's career. Mm-hmm. How he started doing movies because he's, uh, you know, uh, a big geek. Like, yeah. He loves film. He loves telling stories. And, you know, he's, he's such a... a, a a creative guy behind the camera. He's always having fun when he's creating these films. So uh, we can see that, you know, at the very beginning of his career, he was basically trying to trying to understand where, what he wants to do and where he's trying to go with, with uh, his craft. And we get to see stuff like, you know, Jaws, Close Encounters, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we also get to see uh, stuff like um, E.T., Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of those movies, like uh, a lot of people who are growing up watching it, they it's very it, it's more of like family movie. It, it wasn't anything too crazy or, you know, Oscar worthy where it's, you know, um, uh, amazing actors. You know, it, it was those low budget movies that were that really hit the spot. You know? Yeah. So and- you're yeah, going no, I'm I'm just looking at the list and like, like the majority of like the the hits came out in the 90s. Like he dominated the 90s. Yeah, he dominated the 90s, but I think the 80s was his his first mm. start where he just blew up because um I mean, well, Jaws came out in 75, but uh I, I think, you know, Jaws was probably his first big movie. That was his first big break. Yeah, that, I was going to say that that's like the first movie or the oldest movie I think I've seen from his list. Yeah, but it's anywhere from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark that that was in eighty one that started the whole you know adventure movies that he was uh, working on, and you know I really really love those type of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I know he's a great director because I mean he's made a couple of uh, very Oscar worthy movies, and I think a lot of people never really saw that in him. Because for a very long time, it was basically just people saying, hey, you're a adventure movie guy, action movie guy, 
there's no way you can do serious movies. You know? Mm, yeah. So let me see here. What what would have been his first serious movie? The, I think the, I think I, the I, first one that actually set him off in that route in uh to where he's able to tell any type of story would be the movie The Color Purple. Let's see. I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, but uh, D- Danny Glover and Whoopi Goldberg was in it. Okay. Even Oprah was in it too, so it was a very serious movie. Well, this is pre-billion dollar Oprah though, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the and, and it's funny because you kind of see the 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 slow build up. So he mm-hmm. had Jaws, uh-huh. then Close Encounter, mm-hmm. and then four years later he did Raiders, mm-hmm. E.T. the next year. Yep. Yep. And then he started going to more of his TV series. So I think this is where he started getting more um, power within like Hollywood to like, yeah. oh, I want to do this project. I, w- I want to test. I want to play around with this because Amazing Stories. That was I don't know if you ever saw that that series, but I like that. My my brother's the one that introduced me to that. Oh yeah, it, it, it's kind of like uh, the Twilight Zone and uh, uh, Black Mirror, right? Yes, but for for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it, not as dark, but yeah. So. And then yeah, and then you know after that he kind of went back to his his kids uh kid friendly or family friendly with like yeah Hook. yeah dude Hook has such an impact on me because it was during our time basically yeah like I I remember when I was a little kid I loved that movie I I, I remember um telling my sister that I want to see it over and over and over again and uh, uh I remember if, uh that. I think we rented that movie so much that my dad got sick of it. He's like, I'll, I'll just buy you the movie. <laughs> He's like, done. Yeah. Probably saves him money. Yeah, yeah. but that was like, Robin Williams, man. Yeah. But, dude, after Hook, I think uh, his next movie was Jurassic Park. And yeah. I still remember when I went to the movie to watch that. And I think I saw that movie at uh, Edwards 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I saw the second one at uh, the Spectrum, but that that was such a long time ago. Well, I think Jurassic Park was the first movie I ever saw that I didn't know what was real and what was like fake. Yeah, did you see that in the theater, or did you? See I that, saw it. Uh, I saw it in theater. Yeah, dude, I just remember. I just remember such that an amazing movie. Yeah, I just remember that first, like you know, when they roll up in the jeep, and like. They're kind. Of, they're just focused inside the car, the passengers. Everybody's just uh-huh. talking, and then everybody just shuts up, and they're seeing something off camera. And then the camera slowly pans, and you see the brontosaurus. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, holy crap, dude! I hated that fat guy that uh, that's in the movie. Oh, the like, guy that played uh, uh, the guy from us, uh, um, Seinfeld. Yeah, he's always like doing something stupid, and you're like, I hate this guy. <laughs> Well, he plays. He always plays a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Every single does. time. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name now. But yeah, it's, it, he plays Newman. Uh, Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, what, what's your favorite overall Spielberg movie? Okay. Uh, l- let me talk about this first though. Like Schindler's okay. List, I think was the biggest turning point of his movie career. Um, that is Oscar worthy. Well, because, I saw I saw that one in freaking uh, history class. Yeah, I, not a lot of people saw it in the movie theater because it was uh, very dark. I do remember going to the movie to to watch it with my dad, um, but 
I didn't really. I, I think I fell asleep to that one because I was a kid. I didn't know what was going on. Well, and it was a long movie too. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I enjoyed was Jurassic Park. Uh, that that same year. <laughs> um, yeah. So Schindler's List, like, dude, the movie is in black and white. During this time, everybody watches color movies, and Schindler's List. Why is it black and white? And watching it again understanding what the movie's about and why it's shot certain ways and mm-hmm. why the story is being told a certain way. And, you know, that specific scene, when you see that girl, the only girl that is wearing red in a black and white film, yeah. just totally screws with your mind when you watch it without knowing anything about the movie. Well, I mean, before it became a popular filter on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my understanding is when something's filmed in black and white mm-hmm. is to not only set the mood but also to make you know put focus on the dialogue and the story itself rather than the the aesthetics of the movie yeah i i believe that you know black and white movies has more emotion mm-hmm. you know like uh it's very dramatic but anyways, we, we can talk forever about that stuff. But yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, I think, you know, uh, Steven Spielberg had such an amazing career. He he could do anything. He could do, um, you know, or probably one of our favorites would be, you know, um, uh, Saving Private Ryan. It's such a amazing oh my uh, God. war movie. Such a, such a jacked up beginning, dude. I still mm-hmm. remember, like, seeing, like, a guy, like, that had his arm blown off and with his other hand, he's just carrying it, looking around, just wandering through the beach, confused. Uh-huh. I was like, what am I like? How old were we like at that time? Like nine or 10? Yeah. 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 I just seeing like, I don't think I should be watching this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I'm curious to see, I haven't really checked out the behind the scenes or anything to see how, how he directed the whole thing. I don't know how serious they would be. Like, uh, I don't know how his uh directing would be like. Oh, you know, it'd be cool. Just run around with your arm, like you know, off and and uh, go go crazy. Or is it like, uh, is he serious or is he like? No, fun? he's like, yeah. like he's he's in a daze. Like he, he like he just like emotionless face. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like if you didn't see him holding his hand, you would think like he's just. No, no, like... I'm talking about Steven Spielberg. Like, oh, how, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Because it's such an emotional mo- movie, and you don't yeah. know if he's. Because I know that uh, a lot of his adventure movies, he's always there to have fun. So yeah. I don't know how serious you know these 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 uh, points would be in in uh, directing. If, if if you had a chance to interview him, would you have been like, Stephen, are you okay, man? Do you want to talk? <laughs> is, there, is everything okay in your life right now, bro? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really hard to uh, understand. I mean, you kind of respect the whole, you know, war thing. You can't really uh, go too uh, lightly on it, but yeah. But yeah. They, they threw in some humor, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to my question: What's your 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 favorite one? So, it's same Private Ryan? Uh no. Uh, it's it's a great movie, but I think probably my favorite one out of all of them would have to be uh, Hook. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, just because, you know, of the, the whole childhood growing up watching that movie. Uh, but other than that, I think my second would be, uh, the Jurassic Park. Ooh, yeah. right. I'm going to choose Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, <laughs> well, 
No, I'm, no, but I'm kind of I'm kind of going to oh. cheat a little bit and say the the first three Indiana Jones movies, because mm-hmm. I think those really show <clears throat> like Steven Spielberg's ability to you know do action but throw mix in some comedy in there and stuff like that, but not to be a like a big clown movie. Yeah, but if I had to understand um, how movies work and everything, and knowing what I know now back then, like if I was like you know one or two years old. Now, I would probably say Jaws would probably be my favorite movie of all time from Steven Spielberg. True. Only the reason why is because during that time, he was very um, uh, new uh, to making movie in Hollywood. And uh, uh, it seems like a lot of the stuff in Jaws was pretty much impromptu. Because when they were in the water, they were trying to figure out how to shoot uh, a shot of the, the, the shark. They didn't really know how to. Like, they never really no. planned anything. So, uh, they're like, oh, my God, you know, uh, the paint's coming off of the shark. Uh, okay, the shark's floating away, and uh, the shark's not sinking. You know, they, they run into so many problems, and, and hearing how difficult it was, and especially when he was directing certain scenes. Like, uh, I don't know if you remember that scene in uh, Jaws where uh, they're at the dinner table. And the dad and the son are like just staring at each other, making funny faces. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. just that, that that humanizing moment. Yeah, that wasn't even in the script, so that shows you like you know he just wanted to have like a a fun unscripted moment, or it just happens to happen, you know. Yeah. And uh, it just works so well, and I like those type of uh, things when directors try to you know give more of the reality of life instead of just telling the story you gotta have a little bit of um life well one thing's for sure he's always had a problem with animatronics because <laughs> that's one thing yeah, that's one yeah. problem with the shark the, uh-huh. the, sh- the shark would randomly spaz out and mm-hmm. that's why they, they had to cut it out of a lot of scenes and save yeah. it towards the end and then Jurassic park they had trouble with the t-rex who they had a rain scene but as soon as the the t-rex got wet mm-hmm. it started shaking <laughs> Yeah, but and like yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I mean, what a curse to have, you know, uh-huh. the, the the curse of being able to tell an amazing story visually, <laughs> but also being cursed with the like, bad luck with the uh, robotics. All right, uh, and I guess that's enough of uh, Steven Spielberg for today. Um, but uh, I'm pretty excited to see Ready Player One. So yeah, we're just gonna have to wait another week and a half. Yep. So, moving on to another Spielberg movie. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, we forgot to mention last week, uh, a certain trailer came out for a classic children's movie, or, well, book, cartoon, movies. Oh, is it Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Uh, I was uh, really surprised. Um, Most of the trailer was just uh, Ewan McGregor, right? Yeah. And to be honest, for the first two thirds of the trailer, I did not know this was gonna be that was the Winnie the Pooh trailer. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Like, uh, it felt like a a drama movie. Yeah, it, it seems like more like a like a period drama movie. Yeah, it's like he's going through a tough time. He's trying to take care of the family, and then uh, you see Pooh coming out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it just comes out from a, like, oh no, I'm I'm cracking. I'm that has to be the original Winnie the Pooh voice, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, they they brought him back. 
Yeah, because I say like it sounds like him, but just a little bit like kind of like older, but like it's it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm curious about how this is gonna come out, <clears throat> and and they made him look more like the original, uh, uh, drawing that we like, or the original way he was drawn in the in the old books. Yeah, uh, I think that gives it more of a a, a realistic um uh, feel to it because I mean you can't really have like the. The the really yellow looking bear, yeah. Um, I don't think that would work. Although I I say I would say that people have been taking advantage of the trailer by like pulling out the audio of uh Ewan McGregor saying, "Poo, poo." Stop. <laughs> like like I'll, I'll listen to the radio and I'll be having like a random conversation. Well, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, so I told her, "Poo, poo." Damn it! <laughs> um, and then there's a uh, like nerd. Surprisingly, we don't have a soundboard on our podcast. Oh, trust me, I'll sneak a few poos in here. Poo? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, trust me, and and I don't think you trust me with a soundboard. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're like Alan. I'm gonna unplug it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not. You're not allowed to do more than thirty six sound bites in one yeah. episode. Uh, then the other thing is, uh, Nerdist has been having fun making memes of that scene where Pooh reveals himself, and it's like, uh, you and McGregor sitting there, and then you see Winnie the Pooh pop up, and then the next scene is Winnie the Pooh with freaking two lightsabers, <laughs> saying, "We meet I saw again. That one. We meet again, Obi Wan." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's gonna be terrible. It's it might not be a blockbuster, but it's definitely gonna be. It's gonna it's gonna make its money back for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I didn't see when it comes out. Does it come down? It's not gonna come out during the summer, right? That has to be. No, I, it's probably holidays or something. Yeah, like that has to be a Christmas movie. Yeah, both for the family aspect and for the toy aspect. Mm-hmm. So the other thing, uh, Lost in Space, sent a new trailer, and mm-hmm. you know. Silly me, forgot to prepare and send you the trailer ahead of time. <laughs> so I'll just tell you, they this one's more actually shows more of uh, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They actually show the robot. What's the story going to be? It's it's going to be very similar to the the one in the is it nineties, early two thousand ninety nine. I think the one I remember with, watching um pay per view. Yeah, the one with Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, so it's gonna be, it's, it seems to be it's gonna be a very similar story to that one. Mm-hmm. They crash on a planet. They find an anomaly. See, that tells you how many times I've watched the movie. I saw it in theater, and then I probably saw it like twenty times on pay per view. Well, because you have a thing for what's her name, what's her face, Lacey, Lacey Chabert. Yeah, that actually might have added to your to your uh, uh, infatuation. Yeah, <laughs> she she had a great career. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something else. <laughs> she still That's looks, what I meant. <laughs> she still looks the same though, that's a funny thing. Yeah. She does not change. Mm-mm. Oh, and also one other thing. Uh the weekend after this episode comes out, I will be at WonderCon. Oh yeah, you got those passes. Well, I'm just going I'm going Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh but the good thing is uh Josias is gonna be there uh from the Common Syndicate, he's gonna be there the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'll run into him there. And uh, one of our listeners uh, hit me up on Instagram saying that they will also have a Saturday pass. So, oh, cool. Yeah. All right, Anton. Uh, there was gonna be something else I was gonna cover. I totally forgot now. So I'll, I'll let you think about that while I talk about 
um, this new Marvel thing that they just uh, announced that uh, they teamed up uh, with Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher is a uh, another website you can go to to listen to different podcasts, and our podcast is actually on Stitcher too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they, they they teamed up with the on-demand radio um, and podcast service Stitcher to release a uh, two episode scripted podcast. So it, it's it's gonna be a Wolverine um, podcast. It's kind of like a story. Oh yeah, we uh, we talked about this. Yeah, early so early it, on, early on. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's called Wolverine: The Long Night, and yeah. uh, it's finally coming out. Um, but I don't think it's gonna be released until um, this fall. But they're they're working on it right now. They have a couple of uh, really big actors uh-huh. uh, working on um, the the um, voicing some of the characters in the podcast. And I think uh, you might remember Richard Armitage. Mm-hmm. He's uh, one of the well. He's the main lead actor in uh, the Hobbit on one of the dwarves. I don't have to look him up because it's bugging me now. Yeah, but uh, once you see him, you're like, oh yeah, that guy. So I I don't know if he's playing. I think he is playing um, Wolverine or uh. voicing Wolverine. But uh, there's a couple other people in there too. Um, Scott Adsit, Bob Babaland, uh, Zoe Chow, and oh, Brian I, Stokes Mitchell. You know uh, what? I I I probably don't remember from The Hobbit, but I mm-hmm. do remember him from uh, MI Five, the the BBC oh. show. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. He yeah, that's where MI5. that's where I know him from. Yeah, uh, that's I, a good show. I I for, I, I totally forgot about that show. I didn't finish it, dude, because it got so freaking dark, dude. It got, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I took a break from it and I never went back to it because it's just like oh this is intense. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Uh, we didn't talk about Fantastic Beasts. I was like I was going through my list. I'm like oh we talked about this one. We didn't talk about Fantastic <laughs> Beasts. Yeah. Uh, did you see the new trailer? some questions for you professor this is a surprise there's a rumor that newt scamander is headed to paris i know he's working under your orders what do you have to say for yourself dumbledore if you'd ever had the pleasure to teach him you'd know newt is not a great follower of orders The time's coming, Newt. When you're gonna have to pick a side. Are you going somewhere? No, we're going somewhere. Genius. I can't move against Grindelwald. It has to be you.
Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, I know a lot of people who are hardcore fans to a point where uh, they don't like what J.K. Rowling is doing nowadays. Um, but I disagree with that. I think she's yeah. telling great stories, even though she's a billionaire now. Um, it's good stories. I love yeah. it. I enjoy it. I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid. You mean that the people don't like that J.K. Rowling is just uh, writing her own checks at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I I think she's just uh, no, more but, creative when she has more money. <laughs> no, and I I think too that she might have thought about just putting down the putting down the Harry Potter world, uh, or, or like she put it on the shelf and just leave it there. Is because at a certain point, authors kind of get frustrated when their creations start getting owned by the fans. Mm-hmm. And then, and now mm-hmm. they can't do what you know the world they created. They can't do what they want with it anymore. Yeah, without somebody being outraged. Mm-hmm. Um, that that happened in like the end of Harry Potter, like the love interest, yep. like how it ended. Uh, mm-hmm. It happened with uh, uh what's it called? Uh, Hunger Games. The way Hunger mm-hmm. Games ended, people got pissed off about that one. People but always get pissed off with it. I, I know, really. I know. People people invest a lot of time into a certain character, and then. They get mad when that character doesn't, you know, turn out the way they they expected. Yeah, like Luke Skywalker. I know, total letdown, bro. Yeah. Um. No, but <laughs> I, and and I mean, you know, all things considered, I think she's doing a great job with the Fantastic Beast series. Yeah, dude, I I totally love the the uh, the first Fantastic Beast. Like it's it's such an adventure. Like uh, for the first time in a while. Uh, besides, you know, Harry Potter, this has more of a fast pace uh, than Harry Potter does. Well, you know why? Because I think this is one of the things where <coughs> Fantastic Beasts would not have worked without people already knowing Harry the Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm. But because people do know Harry Potter and like, like were you know invested decades into learning about like you know Hogwarts and all that stuff. Now with with uh, Fantastic Beasts, they don't really have to explain that much. They'll they'll do like the new stuff that pops up, but for the most part, they'll just go right into the story. I mean, and you know, for a very long time watching Harry Potter, um, most of these characters that were talked about, you don't really get to see them because you know they're just talking about them. Right. And also, you know, some of the characters that we know that we watch like eight movies, uh, <laughs> and you know, follow following the characters. We get to see Dumbledore in this trailer, but in the younger form, played by Jude Law. Yep. Yeah, which I'm and, super excited about because, you know, we finally get to see his uh, prime years where he's actually a fighting bad guys. Well, yeah, you can see Dumbledore, bef- you know, this is uh, his uh, Smallville story mm-hmm. before he becomes Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I, I noticed you didn't mention that your boy uh, Ezra Miller is in it. He he was in the first one. Fine, Anton. Fine. I guess you're not cool with Miller anymore. That's cool. Mm, the f- no, he he's cool. He's <laughs> I, I I I like him. I, I didn't like his very like at the beginning of his uh his career, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think ever since after Fantastic Beasts, uh, I'm 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 on the hype train with him. So you're on the hype train. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so. What do you think of the the reveal at the end of the trailer 
with uh, our, our old our old pal Johnny Depp. You finally get to see uh, Johnny Depp as a uh, uh, Grindelwald. Well, you kind of did see him sort of in the very end of the fir- first Fantastic Beasts. Um, was that yeah, him, or and, was that just the? Uh... No, it was him. But then okay. uh, this one, he's more in his weird white pale face and hair looking form even though there's all of those negative things about him i think that makes it even better to have him play a bad guy you know well because he's crazy (laughs) yeah Um, in general (laughs) Uh, you know it just reminds me of um he's he's the mad hatter yeah it's the same makeup same everything but (laughs) to be honest i'm kind of over johnny depp like mm-hmm. n- like not like news stories aside i'm just over like he plays the same character he's he's very good at good at playing that character but he generally plays the same character mm-hmm. just with different uh uh costume changes yeah i think that's probably one of the reasons why he doesn't watch his own movies is uh he doesn't like to judge himself cuz he he would notice and then he'd get he'd start yeah. like it would start affecting his uh, performance yeah i think that's uh better way to say it oh and also i I think there's a lot of things in the trailer i mean for crazy ridiculous like hardcore harry potter fans they wouldn't notice a lot of the details oh i know i i noticed that when they did when they do certain camera shots at something Mm -hmm. that's not really self-explanatory you know right Uh away it's like oh that's for the fans like uh there was that uh a family tree thing did you hear anything about it no i didn't yeah, there's a scene where uh, I think um, Newt is looking at the, um, a wall, and there's a family tree on it. And if you watch in HD, you can actually zoom in and see like uh, the family tree. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like Ezra Miller's character flashing forward into the future. He's actually Beatrice's um, grandfather oh see and that's the thing like if, if if only i actually paid attention more to like the original uh well seven movies yeah but it's really hard to um it's really hard to map that out because yeah. he was he was kind of adopted and he has a different last name so uh but there there was certain clues in there which with a little bit of scratches and stuff and name that uh, pointed it in that direction but i mean you have to be a really hardcore harry potter fan to like you know do all that just another thing that they snuck in there all right anton uh anything else uh, oh actually there is a really cool eighth grade trailer i don't know if you've seen it yet but i just want to talk real quick vaguely what it is it's about <laughs> a girl going through her eight grade eighth grade year hating the school hating everything there and uh hoping that it would be over and yeah it kind of reminds us of how we were in eighth grade so i think that's a good movie to watch it just is it independent or is it kind of heard of it yeah it's independent but oh, okay. it, it looks like it's trending on youtube so the youtubes the youtube uh, all right and if people want to, I don't know where to go with this one. If people want to support us going to South by Southwest next year, <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, how can I do that, Anton? I don't know. I think we might be able to get press passes. I don't know. Uh, Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, they can help us by going to www.the2oc.com and uh, purchase some stickers or T-shirts. Also, if they uh, want to buy something that we mentioned on the show notes, maybe uh, the whole trilogy of, well, not trilogy, the whole series of Harry Potter movies, they can click on our show notes and it'll take them to the Amazon page to purchase whatever it is and it'll give us a little kickback. And if people want to follow us on social media, they can do that at the 2OC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or they can send us an email to mail at the 2OC.com. Also, don't forget to give us a thumbs up, five stars on whatever platform you're listening to us on. That will help us get new listeners. Or you can just tell your friends about us. That probably helps too. Or your dad. Everybody. Why not? You know what? Don't even ask. Just just subscribe to our podcast on their devices without even asking. Yeah. It'll just automatically download without them knowing. Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. They'll be like, oh, what's this? What's this amazing podcast? They'll be like, where the hell's my storage going? Why am I running out of storage so fast? <laughs> All right. For the 2OC, I'm Alan Flores. 2OC. Anton Duong. Wait, did I say the 2OC? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. I was like, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs>